And hello and welcome everyone to the comic multiverse where the worlds of nerd meet. As always, I am your host, Joel, on this show that I swear is not a front for anything. So you know I'm telling the truth, right, Matt? <laughs> yes, this is not a front or a money laundering scheme for anything. No, no, Matt and I are in no way in hock to the Armenian mafia, we swear. <laughs> I don't even know anyone named Blechek. <laughs> And if anyone from any organization is listening, that's the truth. <laughs> uh, you know, sometimes, man, you just got to keep these uh, openings interesting. I don't want to feel like we say the same shit every week. No, yeah, you got to keep them interesting. Mm -hmm. The Comic Multiverse, the show we promise that won't radicalize anyone into any action of any kind. <laughs> just, just the good old, same old boring shit week after week, we swear. <laughs> And you can take by the Russian government. Uh, and you can take that to the bank, the money bank, for your dollars <laughs> and not your rubles. <laughs> <laughs> but yes, everyone, we actually have a surprisingly big show, all things considered. Uh, a lot of stuff yeah. actually dropped and happened during the week. Some stuff that we never thought would happen. No, no, yeah, some very surprising stuff. I guess we'll get the top story out of the way right now, because I'm sure it's the one that's on everyone's mind, and that is that James Gunn has returned to the Marvel fold. He has been rehired as director of Guardians of the Galaxy 3, and you know what? Good. Justice was served. The good guys actually won one after a while. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And it, it's being reported by some places. I don't know whether it's true, but this... Ha this deal was like made like months ago. Yeah, I've been hearing the same thing where it's like, it's not so much that we rehired him as we fired him, realized how much we fucked up, had to save face uh, from getting astroturfed and getting lied to by a bunch of neo-fascists on Twitter. So we just kind of didn't go about hiring anyone. That's why you didn't hear anything, because we knew we'd just bring him back. Oh, oh, uh-oh, but you're happy, though, aren't you? Don't don't be mad at us. Don't be mad at Disney, though. We we gave you back what you wanted. Don't be mad. <laughs> That's kind of what yeah. this is. Oh, yeah, it, it, it totally is. Yeah, they, they, they rehired him back probably pretty quickly, but they left it because of the, the like, shitstorm around it. They're like, we, we want to make 100% sure we're being screwed. We're pretty sure we're being screwed and fans are mad at us than they've ever been before, but let's, let's actually do a little due diligence compared to the no due diligence <laughs> that we actually did. And uh, I think the silver lining about this one is like, hey, not only do you get Guardians 3, but we're also getting a rebooted Suicide Squad now. So you basically got two <laughs> movies out of this deal. Yeah, yeah, James Gunn got double the work out he of being fired. Heck, uh, you can consider it triple the work, too, because Batista gets to go back and have a WrestleMania match this year because they didn't start production on this movie yet. <laughs> Yeah, everyone, win-win. Silver lining on this one. Although, of course, you know, there's the naysayers and complainers, as they always are. There, there's a guy out there, I'm not going to out him, because he is a fan, and again, his heart did seem to be in the right place. But he wrote me, and his basic, uh, his general tone of the tweet, he said, was something to the effect of, like, well, I guess the new Suicide Squad isn't even going to be special now if he's just going to go and do Guardians. And I'm like, well, that's... That's very pessimistic and very looking at the glass half empty, sir. I I, I was I, I was talking about this uh, with some people as well, and I, I said it, it it gives him the ultimate challenge because now oh. he has to make Guardians Guardians three not be like Suicide Squad, which in turn was 
a car- copy of Guardians. Massively. And he has to make his Suicide Squad different from Guardians. Yeah. Which was copied by the first Suicide Squad. Absolutely. So it's a, it's a big challenge. <laughs> Absolutely. Again, the same person, too, actually said something that got me thinking. They said, where it's like, well, you know, it just seemed like James Gunn was really adopted by the DC movie family. And I'm like, what? What family? No, he wasn't. People were calling for his firing. Yeah, already. I'm like, there. A, there's no family. Marvel might talk about there being a family, and yes, they're chummy, but that's all studio stuff there, man. Work is work for these people, and they don't know the difference between a lot of this <laughs> stuff at the end of the day. They might have to learn, but the fact is they're going where the money is, people. Don't, don't buy into the studio tribalism. Don't buy into the Coke versus Pepsi, us versus them. You gotta have it one way or no way type thing. <laughs> Again, this is the best way that it could possibly have turned out, because you get to have your cake and eat it too, and now a great creator gets to make two movies. Don't think one is any less special than the other, because now you get both. Yeah, yeah. I am interested to see, like, whether he whether they like offered him something else other than guardians mm. to like like bring him back and kind of apologize for what yeah. they did to him they they better have had a big chocolate apology cake <laughs> waiting for james sorry we listened to neo-fascists on the internet we're sorry <laughs> <laughs> our bad <laughs> well you actually said something quite interesting on twitter matt what's what's another movie that we talked about on this very show that apparently gun wanted to uh develop before the firing mm. happened yeah thunderbolts apparently so maybe maybe they might give him a thunderbolts film although that's kind of very similar again to suicide squad yeah now you're triple dipping into it. it's like look he can help <laughs> develop it maybe he can produce it and write it but maybe let someone else direct thunderbolts <laughs> Because if he does all three of these, it's going to be like, hey, <laughs> hey, wait a minute. <laughs> it, it would be especially funny, too, if Gunn's like, oh, I just used my script treatment for Thunderbolts for this new Suicide Squad movie. <laughs> Shit. I just replaced the characters. Yeah, god dang it. Uh, you said another interesting thing, too, there on Twitter, Matt, that got me thinking, where it's like, you know, if I was Gunn, I'd almost not want to come back considering how they treated me and how they fired me uh, with very little recourse for complete trumped-up bullshit reasons after giving them two massive films. I guess maybe what got him back is the idea that all all the other actors went to bat for him. So mm-hmm. maybe he felt beholden to come back as much for their jobs as for his. Yeah. And also probably, too, the fact that they were going to use his script anyway was the sound of it. Mm-hmm. It's like, well, fuck, if I wrote it, I might as well direct it. Yeah, yeah. I, I think those those are the reasons. But, yeah, I I, I know p- people were saying, like, like, oh, no, he came back because of money. I'm like, I don't think he's one of those type of people mm. like yeah he's in the business but i don't think he's one of those i'll do anything for money no he, he's not a brett ratner he's not a brian no. singer this is a guy who made slither and super and all of these other like you know neo junk trauma movies this guy is not in it for the money he he wrote that first scooby-doo movie <laughs> yeah yeah so yeah yeah i if I was him, I wouldn't have taken the job back, or at least I would have, would want mm. something like 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 he's going to get creative control over the story, yeah. like more creative control over it, or something. Yeah, I I, I get to do stuff now. <laughs> this is this is like my hall pass now. You guys fired me, and now I get to get away with something. 
Yeah. Can I, uh, like, you've just gotten back all these new characters, like Silver Surfer and all that. Can I, like, have them? <laughs> yeah, I know, right? That would be the thing where it's like, well, the ink's not really dry yet, but, uh, yeah, I guess we're still in the apology phase right now. So, sure, have Galactus and Silver Surfer and the Super Scrawl and all these other characters <laughs> while you're at it. Because <laughs> th- that might be the thing, too, where it's like, look, I'll do three. But, you know, if I'm not feeling happy at the end of three, maybe I'm not going to come back for a four or for anything else. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this could be his final MCU film. And really what a great one to go out on because he's he was the, the first director to finish a trilogy. Yeah. Yeah, same guy. That was another thing, too, when he's gone. It's like, no, we were so close to having one guy finish a trilogy. Yeah, yeah. That would have been very nice. But yeah, that's that's good news. That's stuff we can all be happy about there. The the good guys won for once. In a week that was loaded yeah. with bad news, it was nice to actually hear one kind of sort of good thing come out about it. Yeah, definitely. Uh, now, uh, speaking of Marvel news, and Marvel news just dominated the freaking week this week. Sorry, everyone who was expecting DC news this week. That's just not the kind of week it was. <laughs> no, no, not at all. No, but we uh, we got the next Endgame trailer. We did. This is like came out of nowhere. Really? It really did. Like when I saw it in my Twitter feed when I woke up in the morning, I'm like, ah, this is some fake fan trailer bullshit. Why are people talking? Oh, fuck, it's real? I, I, I first saw it when the actual Marvel... A Twitter account was was sending it out, and I thought, oh, this they're just like re re promoting that old trailer, and then I'm like, oh no, this is new. Now, now in fairness, there wasn't a lot of new in it. In fact, the majority of the trailer was just kind of like you know re uh, reimagining and recontextualizing famous scenes from the other Avengers movies, which mm-hmm. isn't a bad tactic at all. They put a cool filter over it. You know, they get very artsy about it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And again, this strengthens the idea, too. It's like, oh, are we going to be doing time travel in this movie? Are we going to be revisiting some of this mm. scenes? That's that's what everyone seems to be thinking. I think so. And as well, like, I, I was actually thinking about it yesterday. The trailer actually gives us a good idea of, like, how the movie is structured, like, in terms... Because, like, right at the end, we see, like, their new, like, those white suits. And we see, like, obviously, Tony and Nebula are there. And everyone's like, oh, that spoils that. I'm like doesn't really because i think everyone's kind of got the idea that like in that first trailer where we see tony on the benatar and he's the ship's dead and everything they think that's the start of the film with him and nebula yeah i don't think that i think that's like like, near like the midpoint and i think that's after everyone's gone off into space interesting like because they they he would have had the working ship on titan from the end of infinity war it wouldn't just be broken down yeah it's so you could just get in it go to earth get the avengers go off to fight thanos they lose and then the benatars like send out through space <laughs> it's a lot to think about and marvel is very good and very tricky about this when it comes to their trailers mm-hmm. they'll digitally impose you know different backgrounds and they'll put characters yep. and scenes who aren't in scenes in the final uh product all to protect what's actually going on yeah yeah it's, yeah anything of those scenes could be like completely different in the film exactly. or not even in the film also that there's a lot of places they could go that uh, the big uh one of the big things and you know i think one of the big like emotional gut punchy things is we see uh clint barton hawkeye teaching assumedly his daughter to shoot an arrow before assumedly she disappears and that's led a lot of people to believe like oh is that his daughter is that kate bishop is this this universe's answer to kate bishop i think that's his family because they you see him in the background and i think that's maybe 
like as people have theorized that's how that's going to be like at the start of the film his family getting dusted because in that scene you see on, on his ankle he's got one of those ankle bracelets mm. like ant-man had because he also took a deal like ant-man right. did he's on probation yeah so maybe that like that's how the movie starts with his family getting dusted oh that'd be sad <laughs> that'd be awesome <laughs> it would be it would be sad but it would be a really great way to reestablish the stakes and again remind people hey We've actually changed Clint Barton quite a lot from his comic counterpart. He's not like a weird, losery loner. He actually does have a family, and he actually is a little bit more mature than his comic counterpart. Well, they made him ultimate Clint Barton, basically. Yeah. Who had a family who also died. Who also dies. <laughs> they also gave him a truly ratty southern haircut, too, where it's like a weird, <laughs> it's like a weird mohawky thing, but all cut on the side. A Theo Vaughn. The comedian, he had a funny one on Twitter. He's like, man, everyone in the South had one of those back in the early 80s. <laughs> that, 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 was the, that was another casualty of, of the mm. snap. He lost that <laughs> bit of his hair. Yeah, yeah, it just dusted. <laughs> just dusted, and then it just, like, super kicked him into, like, a Hawkeye midlife crisis. He's driving around in a muscle car, dressed as Ronin, beating up Chinese gangsters. <laughs> I'm so lost, I don't know what to do. <laughs> dressed like a ninja and beat people up. <laughs> Seems like a solid plan. <laughs> till the other avengers work on something uh also we see brie larson here in the trailer as well uh as captain mm -hmm. marvel but out of the costume that we saw her at the end of uh, uh of her own movie in the uh, post credit yeah yeah that, it was a really cool scene set set the tone between her and her and thor mm. pretty cool yeah i don't I, I i i don't shake man you see my hands i don't shake i don't <laughs> flinch <laughs> Carol don't play son Carol don't play <laughs> I, I like I don't know if it was Mitch or it was someone on Twitter who's like ooh you know the bit with the hammer is that a fun jokey scene or is that to tell us oh yeah she also has her cosmic awareness power <laughs> I am cosmically aware of that hammer that's coming towards me I, I don't have to look I don't, I don't even have to look man can't, can't see it don't even have to look <laughs> but yeah looking fun Endgame's gonna be great it's gonna be huge we know it's gonna be huge yeah, it's going to be here within a month. Which is shocking. We're going to have Shazam before that. Yeah, Shazam's like, what, two weeks away? Yeah, not Three far away, away at all. I couldn't believe that. When I looked at uh, the schedule, I'm like, really? The Captain Marvel movie and the Shazam movie are only going to be a couple weeks apart. And these are like <laughs> the first time these two have ever been on the big screen. Yeah, though the same year, just a couple of weeks apart. That's insane. Uh, again, just adding to the weird kind of shared history between these characters. Yeah, yeah. And Shazam's getting really good reviews, too, from the people who have seen it early. Yeah, I usually don't buy early mm. reviews of any movie, because mm. usually people get to see the movie for Are free. Are just happy that they got to see it early. Yeah. I, I know I would, so hey, any movie people out there giving away press tickets, the comic <laughs> multiverse wants to be your people on here. Yes, but the, the movie does look good, though. It does look good. It, lo it looks like a great new direction for the DC Cinematic Universe. And actually, hey, uh, I didn't write this down, but I should have write, wrote this down, because this actually is a big, important piece of uh, DC news. Uh, the Flash, we actually heard a status report on what's going on with that movie now. Yeah, it, 
Ezra Miller's writing the script with Grant Morrison. What, okay, qu- uh, question. <laughs> uh, qu- question for me in the class. Why, why is the actor writing the movie? Are, are things really that bad at The Flash? Have you really gone through that many people that the main actor is like, fuck it, I'll do it. <laughs> Give, give, give me the script. Give, 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 give me open office and a laptop. I'll write this movie. Scene one. Open pan down on Ezra Miller. He's a cool dude. Well, well, from the report, which I think was like Deadline or like Hollywood Reporter or something, they they said that like the directors uh, who are the game night directors yeah. uh, and the guys who wrote the uh, Spider-Man Homecoming yes. uh, wanted to do like lighthearted more in the vein of like Shazam, mm. uh, like basically where the the dc universe is going, going at the moment but but um ezra miller wanted it to be more like how he was in like batman vs superman like justice league like darker and i'm like he doesn't understand the flash yeah um question but why ezra why would you have you not seen how much money aquaman made did you not see how much shazam is tracking for why did you not see the fact that Henry Cavill and Ben Affleck aren't here anymore? Why? Why are you the one holding out on this, Ezra Miller? Well, well, see, that's the thing. Like, that the studio doesn't have to accept the script. Like, he's no. doing this like on his, on his own dime, I imagine, or something. I guess, which um, is so fucking weird. Yeah. So, like, they could just say, "No, we don't want your script. We'll just, we'll go." And then, if that happens, he'll actually leave because I think his contract ends in May. Mm, like his holding contract. So we could get a new Flash for- soon. <laughs> I mean, it's like at this point, guys, you already lost your Batman. You probably lost your Superman. You haven't said it, but we can all see you basically lost your Superman. Yeah. <laughs> uh, barring certain cameos, maybe in Shazam, but it certainly seems like you've lost your Superman. Everyone loves your Wonder Woman. You can't get rid of her, which is why her sequel seems to be a soft reboot. Yeah, but yeah, it's like a reboot, but not. Aquaman made money, and people really like Jason Momoa, so you can't get rid of him. I'm sorry, Flash. Until you perform, you are replaceable. Yeah, and... Yeah, Ezra Miller never gave me anything that made me say like, "Hey, this guy is really good as the Flash." Like, he for one, he doesn't actually know how to run. No, no, and, and that, that's quite a big, big piece of the character. <laughs> that's not to say I don't like Ezra Miller, but it just kind of feels like maybe he's punching a little bit above his station. Or, and this is a theory, maybe he's such a nerd and such a fan, he just really wanted to write something with Grant Morrison, and he saw this as his excuse. <laughs> I remember I said something. It was like, "Oh no, Ezra Miller's not starring as the Flash. Grant Grant Morrison is." <laughs> uh, I, I'll do it myself. I'm the only one who can do it to bring it to life. I'm Barry Allen. I'm a crime scene investigator. I get hit by lightning. Oh no! <laughs> well, then that, that, that's like another thing. Like you get Grant Morrison to write a film. Like I don't think any studio is really going to accept that film. Like while it will probably be great, it'll probably be fucking weird. Why? Why is this nine hours long and reads like a peyote trip? Because I was high on the peyote when I wrote it. Ah, mix- <laughs> yeah, pe- I don't know if people are gonna like, like want to see that type of film. Like I, I, I would. Grant Morrison writing it. Yeah, he's a fucking amazing writer. Oh, but- yeah. Yeah, the general audience wouldn't want to see it. It'd be too fucking weird. You know, I would say, too, probably the only reason they were even willing 
to read something from Grant Morrison now is they're probably like, hey, what are uh, what are the numbers on that Doom Patrol show? Oh, pretty good, you're saying, huh? Okay. Oh, pe- people are liking it? Who wrote that? Oh, uh, this Scottish guy, Grant Morrison. Oh, you don't say. And uh, what about uh, what about that Happy Season 2 getting uh, getting lots of Netflix plays there? Oh, yeah, sure. Is. Oh, people are excited for the new season, definitely. Uh, who wrote that? Oh, that Scottish guy, Grant Morrison. Again. Oh, well, he sounds like a smart cookie. Let's get him in there in this one. Not understanding that these are adaptations of Grant Morrison stories. Yeah, and and they are still pretty fucking weird. Like they they, they leave are. out like a big big pieces of his weirdness, but they're still fucking weird. Doom Patrol, man. Really, the last two episodes were just hey, let's adapt issue thirty one and thirty three of uh, Grant Morrison's own run. <laughs> so they're doing like straight up adaptations, even down to the Constantine guy who's not Constantine. Yeah, that's not Constantine, and who has a guy based on him who is not him, and is not Constantine. (laughs) Because DC was weird about Vertigo characters back then. (laughs) Unlike now, where they're like, yeah, sure, Swamp Thing, Constantine, whatever, just put him right in there. But yeah, a Grant Morrison-written Flash film. that See, I don't even know if he could do a Flash origin movie, because then he'd be like, alright, let's start with the crises and how it was all his fault. Yeah, yeah, he'd do something like how how Barry traveled back in time and created the Speed Force or yes. <laughs> something like that. The Speed Force is like his, him being born over and over again mm. or some weird shit. Uh, uh, all right, so you knew in Star Wars when you open up and you get like the big uh, title crawl. All right, it's like that, but now instead of that, it's the creation of the multiverse. Well, the first two hours will all just be multiversity because you got to get a good baseline of that for a Flash movie to really work. But Grant, we can't make... What do you mean the first two hours? Oh, it's going to be like a nine-hour movie. It's going to be like Gone with the Wind. We're going to have intermissions. <laughs> also, too, instead of popcorn, we'll have acid. People will drop it before they go in. <laughs> That's what the, 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 like, melted acid all over the popcorn. <laughs> so you'll really enjoy the movie. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, Matt. The more we talk about this crazy scenario, the more I'm on board with this. I, yeah, I, I'm totally on board with it, but the general audience wouldn't be. No. <laughs> Look, we're not making a movie here. We're making a mind-expanding experience. Get on my level. <laughs> yeah. I, I have to think that he's the one doing most of the writing. You would think so. I, I would hope. I would hope. Has Grant Morrison ever written a movie before? Because I know that's always a thing where it's like, you know, oh, well, I say he has. I'm sure he has because that's always the thing where it's like, oh, if I can write one thing, I can write another. Not always. I, I'd have to say he's he's pretty uh, involved in like happy and mm. all of those sorts of things. Stuff so he's producing, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, there you go. So there's there's your update on Flash, everyone. What a what a strange situation that movie finds itself in. It's kind of the man without a country stuck in this push and pull between the old DC cinematic universe and the new one. Yeah, it's it's in a strange place, and uh, I'm intrigued to see where it's going to go. Because as well, like the Flash movie itself has had a a, a really colorful like timeline oh, yeah. of like like it went through so many directors, then like Writer. start dates and writers and everything. I'm sure too. What it seemed like for the longest time, I'm sh- it felt like they kept saying, "Don't worry, if we fuck up with the next Batman, if we fuck up with the next Superman or Aquaman." Flash will fix it all. We'll just make that a Flashpoint movie, and then we'll fix everything we broke. Then it's like, uh, Aquaman did good, though, and Affleck is out, so we might not need to make a Batman movie right away. Oh, shit. 
well, we were kept planning to make this the Flashpoint movie where we fix all our problems, but now we're now we're doing good again. What? What? Yeah. What? What, what do we do? What do we do? We don't know how to handle success. <laughs> we're not. It's an alien feeling to us. <laughs> if we're not constantly getting our, you know, uh, gonads stepped on <laughs> and our lunch money taken. <laughs> We don't know what to do, but I, I wish DC and Warner Brothers the best. It looks like they are finally moving in a good, worthwhile direction, and I hope they do figure it out. And I hope The Flash ends up being a good movie. And again, the other thing, and we've said this a million times too, that Flash has working against it, the TV show. Yeah, yeah, the TV show that is, for the most part, been really great. Yeah, people love Grant Gustin. Grant Gustin has already become this generation's Flash, and it's not like trying to get a new Batman and Superman years out from the last movie. No, the adventures of Grant Gustin Flash have been in our homes for multiple episodes for the last multiple years. You gotta fight yeah. that in, like, a two-hour runtime. Yeah, yeah, you gotta fight, especially, like, it's like, the people who have only seen that show and be like, no, Flash should be like this, not this whatever the weirdo in Justice League is. Yeah, you, you, like, I do not envy you, at least with Aquaman. It's like, well, what do people have to compare it against? Basically nothing in the popular culture. Super friends and that's it. Mm -hmm. Unless you're a super nerd and watched all the cartoons, the only thing that, you know, pop culture has is that. Same with Wonder yeah. Woman, uh, the Linda Carter show. Yeah, yeah. And it's like, that was forever ago, and there's a whole generation who never saw episode one. I, I bet you've seen this Flash. Oh, yeah, definitely. And then, even weirder than that, the Flash TV show is actually lending more credence to the John Wesley ship era of Flash, too. Yeah, make, making people go back and maybe check that out as well. It's kind of brought that back into relevance, too. You're going to be have people <laughs> saying, well, you know, Ezra Miller, he's no, he's no John Wesley ship. <laughs> he's no Grant Gustin. He's no Grant Gustin. And somewhere Ezra Miller's like, that's fine, just don't make me do another Harry Potter movie. <laughs> Man, maybe that maybe that's why he's like doing all this. Like, maybe if I show that, like, I, I'm actually doing something. Like, I can't go and do these these fucking films. Yeah, what's what's that? J.K. Sorry, can't hear you rewriting the Flash with Grant uh, Morrison over here. Sorry, <laughs> nope, 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 nope. Can't can't have me back, man. Don't you don't you love that J.K. Rowling has gone full on George Lucas prequel era of being like I never. Oh, she's gone worse than that. She's, she's like, worse than that. <laughs> I mean, you know, we'll give it time, but it is this matter of like, you know, I don't understand why you people like these things. Now let me share with you some new canon that you're gonna hate for no reason. <laughs> some new canon, you know. 10, 20 years after the fact, even though, like, the source material completely just, you know, goes against all of it. But, 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 JK, if this is true, why didn't any of this ever come up in the books or indeed the last movie that you wrote? Me. <laughs> That, I didn't think of it then. Didn't God think of it. it then. Look, look, I'm just saying that Dumbledore and Grindelwald were involved in intense ass-eating contests that you never saw, but were very important to the plot, and I'm saying it now. Also, there was no toilets in Wizarding World. They disappeared their poop via magic. What? That's got to be the most stupid thing ever. But, like, how did you think that that would be, like, people will accept this. But, but JK, we never, we never asked for any of that. Well, you're getting it. <laughs> Also, it was never called Korriban, it was called Moravan. But that's not even your thing, JK. Well, it is now. I'm gonna make the Ewoks blink. <laughs> that's her thing. She goes so far, she starts retconning other film series. <laughs> <laughs> uh. 
Look, and you know what? Greedo, he was actually a wizard, and it was a wand, and he didn't fire first. How, how do you feel about that? <laughs> also, Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe, how do you feel about that? <laughs> oh, God, that film franchise really took a nosedive. <laughs> but hey, we actually have some more news here. Uh, over the week, uh, Shang-Chi, the master of kung fu, actually found its director, which means this project is moving ahead pretty strong. And really quite cool as well. I'm excited for like a Shang-Chi film, like a, a good kung fu movie. Yeah, it's, it's not like Marvel has ever tried to do kung fu before. They never tried to do it before. No, it never, never happened. <laughs> I don't know what you're... Two seasons of Netflix, pff, I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> see that's the most interesting thing and like other people have echoed this on twitter and facebook and everything about shang chi there's like he's just a guy like there's nothing special about him nope, he's, he's just, just really good he's really good he's just like peak of human physicality and like that's it yep and he can he can best characters like iron fist oh yeah the uh, director they got for this one, uh, Destin Daniel Cretton is his name he's got he's got like three names like a presidential assassin <laughs> <laughs> apparently he made like a really uh popular film uh like last year that did uh did like the convention circuit that everyone was really talking about it's it's an asian language film i do believe i kept meaning to watch it 12 12 something no not twelve ten to yuma <laughs> that's a different movie uh here let's let's get the old imdb up because joel is very prepared and joel knows what he's doing I've never never heard of him. Neither have I, but sometimes that's a good thing. There's a lot of directors. I never heard of the dude who did Spider-Man Homecoming until I saw him. And he was really good. Uh, uh, God, I... he, the, the movie was called Short Term 20. Short Term 20, thank you. Short, or sh- 12, short Term 12. See, I knew there was a number in there. Joel, Joel remembers numbers, but not words and names. And he remembers faces, but not names. <laughs> I wonder if Brie Larson had anything to do with him getting cast, because she was in one of his films. Yes, I heard about that. I heard the Brie Larson connection. Eh, if so, good. That's good to have friends in high places, eh? Yeah, I, I think she might have been in multiple of his films. Like, I think she's in Short Term 12. She's in another one on here called Glass Glass House, Glass Castle. Right. So maybe they're, maybe they're friends. Yeah, p- yeah. People were saying short term twelve is really good. Oh, it, w- it wasn't from last year; it was from twenty thirteen, so it was a couple of years ago now. <laughs> but yeah, people uh, people were saying it was really really good. It's about as- cool. a- a- at risk teens. There seems to be a pressure cooker involved. These are these are words Joel picks out as he reads the synopsis. <laughs> There's a killer pressure cooker that, that's at risk of killing teens. Right, and Brie Larson has to fight it with martial arts. <laughs> That's that's the movie I wrote here. I will report back when I've actually seen the movie. <laughs> that's that's your homework for this week, everyone. Go go see Short Term Twelve if you haven't already. <laughs> it's like when we all went and saw Cop Car because we knew the dude making that was going to be making Spider Man. Yeah, Cop Car was a good film. It was a good film, and I'm sure this is a good one too. But yeah, so Shang Chi actually happening, actually moving ahead now. This is this is going to be interesting. Yeah, I, I'm intrigued to see, uh, like, what exactly they'll do with him in mm. the Marvel Cinematic Universe. I imagine he he is going to become part of, like, this new wave of Avengers, the new Avengers, basically. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, I'm intrigued. I'm intrigued as well to see who they cast. 
Yeah, absolutely, because there's a great crop of Asian actors right now who they could totally get for the role. Is 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 Louis Tran trying to throw his 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 hat in the ring like he I, does with everything? I'm sure he is. <laughs> <laughs> hey, he might get lucky. Now, hey, here's the question here. So we had our first major, you know, black superhero for the Marvel Universe with Black Panther, our first major female mm-hmm. superhero with Captain Marvel. Now we seem to be staring down the future of our first ever uh, big major uh, Asian-led Marvel superhero movie. Do you imagine the Internet Crybaby Squad will be as in up as arms over this one as they were the other two? Hmm. Or, or, or do you think... I don't the- know. Or do you think that uh, th- that thing that always goes around, that uh, weird psychological thing when it comes to issues like this, the, uh, the the old saying of the model minority is what it is, and that is that most racist internet man babies give Asian people a pass for whatever reason, because like, oh, well, they're the model minority. No, you just think that because the media spent years telling you that post-Vietnam they actually put a lot of time and money. They could have done it to anyone, but they chose to do it to them. <laughs> yeah, no, well, I, of course, there's still going to be, like, people that, like, oh, we can't have these people. that We need, a you know, a white man to do this. Mm-hmm. You know, we're still going to have those type of people. Why, why couldn't um, it be Charlton Heston as Shang-Chi, Matt? <laughs> Charlton Heston's just as good. We've got to dig him up. We've got to dig Charlton <laughs> Heston up, and he's going to play him. From my cold, dead hands, I am the master of kung fu. <laughs> No, no, Charles, you're just... He just shoots, just shoots him. And he just shoots him. That's the whole... It's like just that bit in Indiana Jones where he pulls yeah. out the gun, but it's that every time. <laughs> oh, man, we wrote a great parody version right here. Deadly Fists of Heston coming summer 2020. <laughs> The world is not ready, man. Ooh, ooh, we can cut it. We can cut it like they did Bruce Lee movies after he died, but it's just Charlton Heston who he superimposed into kung fu scenes. <laughs> That's the movie right there. Yeah, yeah, we take, like, all, all of his old films, like, three of them, yep. and just, like, intercut them like they do with, like, those terrible, like, Hong Kong martial arts films. Yep. <laughs> See, th- that way we're taking the culture back. No, 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 look, we're using the culture of kung fu movies, but putting Charlton Heston in it. Look, you know, if, if, if stupid editing projects can get off the ground, like, let's remove the rat from, uh, what is it, friggin' uh, The Departed, surely this can yeah. happen, too. Yeah, and then we'll somehow put David Carradine in there as well. Oh, I like that as well. Yeah, even though he's been dead for years. Yeah. We well you see we got all those great scenes from Kung Fu the Legend continues where he just fights slowly. <laughs> yeah, well and no one ever saw that show, so it's perfect. Everyone will think it's new. Uh, I watched it when I skipped school. It was on showcase. And I'm like, whoa, David Carradine, he's Bill from Kill Bill. Let's see what made Quentin Tarantino want to cast him in this movie. The answer is not much at all. <laughs> Not that anyway. <laughs> the answer is he just sounded occasionally wise and had the slowest fight scenes you've ever seen. <laughs> eh. Eh. And like it was a total 80s cop show too, so they kept like having to find ridiculous scenarios for him to get involved in. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Where it's like, oh, can David Carradine save this bus full of children that has been taken captive by a crazy guy obsessed with TV? <laughs> the answer is yes, he could eventually. <laughs> After the fact, he absolutely could. <laughs> and then there was the special episodes where it's like, can uh, Kwai Chang Kang deal with, like, drugs? Yes. 
<laughs> in large quantities, actually. Uh, apparently so. Yeah, man, he was happy to do that episode. Uh, the only thing he lost to was erotic asphyxiation. Oh. Can, can Kwai Chan Kang deal with bullying? Yep. <laughs> There's not a problem the master of Kung Fu is not ready for. <laughs> and also, his son was a cop, and then he had, like, his old uncle who owned, like, an antique shop and everything. That was a weird show, Kung Fu the Legend. It was. It, it was. <laughs> It's you know I like how people say they don't make them like that anymore. They legitimately do not make them like this anymore, <laughs> and that's a problem. And, and the legend continues part was the weirdest, where it's like, ah, oh, you know, maybe people won't want a kung fu cereal anymore. What are we gonna do? Oh no, it's okay. He finds his son who just happens to be a New York cop, so we'll turn <laughs> it, it into it works. So we'll just turn it into a cop show, and that's what yeah. they did. Yeah, it won all the Emmys. Everyone. <laughs> And then he accepted the award slowly. <laughs> and uh, so, yeah, Shang-Chi is great news, everyone, if you take nothing away from our ramblings. Yeah, it's going to be. I'm interested to see when exactly that's going to come out because it, it can't. It's got to come out like at least 2020. Yeah, you would think so. Also, too, hey, if Shang-Chi is getting a movie, does that also mean that we're going to see him return to a larger bit of prominence in the comics? As if to say we're going to see him actually come back in the comics? I would imagine so. I, I swear I heard something about a Shang-Chi comic coming back soon. Maybe it was like a one-shot or something. He's going to be in that Agents of Atlas team. Yeah, yeah. I, I know he's in that. Maybe Maybe they'll spin him out of that. Maybe they'll use that as a springboard. That's what I would do. It's like, hey, it's a team book. Happens to have Shang-Chi on it, but let's give him some nice screen time, so our panel time, so then we can spin him off into something else. Yeah, and it would be really cool as well now that, like, obviously we don't have the Netflix shows, that, like, maybe Iron Fist comes up, and different Iron Fist, like a good Iron Fist. Yeah, that'd be fine. You know, a proper Iron Fist that actually comes up and maybe teams up with him. Yeah, that'd be cool. I'd be all about that. Uh... What else did we have here? Oh, well, speaking of new Marvel comic series, uh, Donnie Cates announced this week he's going to be doing a limited Silver Surfer series. Ooh, yeah. Can't wait for this. Uh, again, hey, guess guess what the rights to what characters we got back and who we're <laughs> trying to make prominent again. Yeah, it makes me think we're going to get something Silver Surfer related soon in in movies anyway. Possibly, possibly. The, uh, the cover of this would seek to imply that this is actually uh, paying reference and maybe actually being connected to Donny Cates' big uh, Thanos win storyline from his last mm-hmm. uh, Thanos run, because we see Norrin Rad, we see the Surfer, but his silver hand is becoming, like, all dark and twisted and everything, and I'm like, mm-hmm. oh, that happened in Thanos Wins, because when Thanos kills everyone in the universe and ends up being the last one in the universe, the only person left to stop him is the Silver Surfer, who went into the negative zone and, like, drank all the negative energy and became, like, yeah, the yeah. dark Silver Surfer. Yeah, I, I think even the story is called Silver Surfer Black. Ah, well, there you go. So may, maybe, yeah, that's coming back, or maybe maybe we'll get two. We'll get Norrin and this dark mm. copy of him. I, uh, I like my Silver Surfer limited series the way I like my coffee, black and with a little sugar. <laughs> a little bit of silver in it. Just a little bit of silver in there. That's the sugary part. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, this looks fun. You know, Donny Cates, he's one of those guys. He seems to be, he seems to, he can't do any wrong at Marvel right now. No. Yeah, he's doing like really, he's, off, he's across some really good books and uh, they all are really, really good. They're all different. They're all have yeah. their own voice. And yeah, it's it's great. 
He's a, he's an idea man. I think could we call this the Kate's era of Marvel comics? I would say so. I'd say he's like next to Jason Aaron. He's like yeah. their biggest. He's the b- biggest one across most books. He's their heaviest hitter. Again, too, I mean, the only person who I can even kind of compare him to in a similar situation, and this is going to make people laugh, uh, Brian Michael Bendis when he started. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. This, it's very much a young Bendis situation where it's like, man, everything you touch is great. All your Marvel Max series and Alias and everything, and, oh, you're doing so good. Oh, your Avengers is so great. <laughs> you know, because he's young and full of ideas. <laughs> full of good ideas <laughs> here's hoping it keeps up though here's here's hoping we won't uh say in like 10 20 years man can you believe that kate superman book how lame is that <laughs> uh, oh my god like current kate superman would be amazing that would be re- oh yeah could you imagine the pitches he has for superman oh <laughs> uh, they'd, they'd be winners absolute I'd, winners i'd be all for that but you know finish finish what you're doing at marvel now i want to see where your guardians goes and your venom goes and everything yeah, I'd, I'd like to see him tackle Avengers at one point. Mm, that'd be fun, too. Again, I bet it would be very cosmic-facing, because all of his stories end up in space one way or another. I'd be cool with that. I, I like that about his books. They're kind of like stealth space books, where it's like, ooh, what a fun Venom series. Oh, I'm in space now. Nah, I tricked you. You didn't think we were going to space, but we went to space. Or, or what he does is he takes space characters and put them in like mundane situations, yeah. like his Star Lord book, where Star Lord was doing community service on Earth. Was that was that him or was that Zadarsky? Oh, I keep getting them confused. God damn it! Z- Z- that's okay because Zadarsky is also having a great year at Marvel. Yeah, yeah I always get those two confused because they write si- like similar books. Like, a little they, bit, they have, like one connection from each other. A little bit, yeah. Well, I think they're buddies too. Yeah, yeah. Like, I think they reference each other, so that probably might oh, yeah, yeah. what makes it confusing. But, uh, yeah, good uh, good on Donny Cates and good on the Silver Surfer. And uh, our last bit of news here, uh, again, because solicitations came out this week. We got the DC ones. We haven't gotten the full Marvel solicitations yet, but when we do, I'm actually thinking of bringing back Solicitation Station as a stream show. So uh, subscribe to me on that purple channel that starts with a T and rhymes with itch. But uh, apparently one of the new things Marvel has coming out in June is a line of one-shots called uh, The Last Call. And basically this is them reuniting uh, famous uh, creative teams on uh, the characters that I guess runs they made famous. So uh, Peter David is going to be getting a Hulk story. Mm-hmm. The Hulk story as well sounds really interesting. Yes, it does. There's going to be a Hulk story. What were the other two? There was three they announced. Uh, I actually can't remember. I I just remember the Hulk one. I think there was going to be a Wolverine one, and there was going to be a third one. Mm-hmm. I can't remember. Yeah, they 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 that makes sense if it's going to be a Wolverine one because he's so hot right now. Indeed, he is, and yet doesn't have his own solo series. What's up with that? I'm actually kind of glad there's too many X Men books as there are at the moment. <laughs> I've quit. I've quit all the X Men. Yeah, it same. was it was too much, too fast. I wanted to be in. I wanted to love it. I, I wanted know. to be ready yeah. for it. And then I'm just like, no, you did too much. You, you weekly series me right into an event with a bunch of tie-ins. That's, that's no, no, I'm sorry. I can't. Well, not only that, the weekly series is still going. Is it really? Uncanny X-Men is still going. Jesus Christ. It's, I don't think it's a weekly series anymore. That's what made me stop. I'm like, okay, we're at issue 10. Why, like... Is it ending? Oh, like, right. I thought this was weekly. Right, the story from the weekly series is now just going into the monthly title, so there was no stopping point. Oh, uh, yeah, Jesus Christ. <laughs> it's it's too much. And, like, look, I know there's yeah. a certain type of fan out there for which this is perfect for, and that's the fan who only reads X-Men. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, who's own, that's the only thing they read every week. To which, you know what? Hey, if that's the case, good on you. Sounds like they're actually giving you some stories worth reading now. I'm very happy for you. But Joel can't hack it, and Joel's channel can't handle it either. Because if I covered these, then I would just be doing X-Men books. Yeah, exactly. There's way too many of them. And I mean, I'm already doing two Justice Leagues. There's like already an Avengers Weekly, and then the regular Avengers on top of that. It's just, it's just too much. Mm-hmm. Too too much. But uh yeah, that's one shots, everyone. Uh that should be really cool. Uh I guess from there we can hop on over into what we read this week, and it's uh, been a bit since we actually talked about what we read. It has been. It has been. It's only been two weeks, but it feels longer. Uh oh, hey, actually, uh for people who enjoyed the uh interview segment from last week, uh I'm glad you did. And uh, to give you a little update on that, the uh, Kickstarter that Ashley was talking about, the one for which the proceeds were going to pay for her own American citizenship, uh, yeah, that went through. They actually met the goal, and so she's going to be able to pay oh, for nice. her citizenship. Now, awesome. I, now, I'm not going to take all the credit for this and say that it was the comic multiverse <laughs> bump that got it done, but I'm just saying, if you have a, if you have a project or something that you need uh, to, uh, what is it, to, to be boosted out there, to be megaphoned to the rest of the internet, uh, you know, come, c- c- come talk to me. We'll, we'll work out a reasonable price now that I know that we are uh, time-tested. You, you, you know the Colbert bump, Matt, when he had his show? Well, now we yeah. got the comic multiverse bump. It's, it's real. It's true. There's no denying it from this one time it happened. <laughs> yes, there's no, no other evidence but this one time, and that one time works. So every time will work from now on. Exactly. You know, 100% <laughs> of the time it works all the time. <laughs> but yes, yeah, so we can actually talk about what we read this week, and I actually got most of my reading done this week, I'm happy to say. Yeah, I've still got a little bit to go, but yeah, I did like all, all the big ones. Yeah, yeah. Uh, where do we want to start this week, Matt? Uh, let, let's, let's start, let's start with Superman issue nine, cause I know let's. you reviewed it. I sure did. The return of the crime syndicate. How are they back when they were all killed and their universe was destroyed? Yeah. Yeah. No idea. We don't even know which crime syndicate this is because, no. uh, just, I'll, I won't skip to the end yet, but yeah, um, yeah, we don't know which crime syndicate this is. Is it Morrison's Earth 2? Is it the newer Earth 3? Is it a new one? Is it, like, antimatter stuff? They're they're dressed like no, the I Earth 3 version. Is, is, is it is it a is it a big hallucination? Um, it, gets no really, it gets really confusing because Ultraman, who starts talking like an Italian gangster here, even though he didn't before, he only did in the animated movie, which shows that Bendis watched the animated movie and said, ooh, that's cool, I'll do that. <laughs> uh, he says, ah, uh, yes, you know, uh, you're the son of Superman, I fought your father, you know, like several times, I'm like, not in the new 52 continuity, you didn't, you fought him like one time, and then you went to jail, but okay, and then, <laughs> and then the anti-monitor fucking killed you, but alright. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he, he, John gets like kid taken by, uh, Ultraman and dumped in a volcano, which, which I thought was actually kind of smart because like he couldn't use his powers because A, there was no sun and the ash was like keeping like any solar radiation out. I thought they, that was pretty cool. They do get confusing with the sun because Ultraman says, ah, yeah, there's no sun on this planet, boyo. And then like in the next couple of paragraphs, like, oh, and if you don't behave, I'll throw you into the sun. And I'm like, oh, so there, there is a sun. 
but it's I mentioned a sun somewhere. Yes, but it's but it's not a yellow sun because everything is backwards here. <laughs> and this this Superman actually gets powered up by snorting kryptonite like it's cocaine. So obviously, yellow sun radiation would hurt him, as we saw, which is why they turned mm-hmm. off the sun in Forever Evil. Yeah, yeah. But you um, know, Bendis is like, I don't got time to go into that. <laughs> yeah, I don't. Go, I don't got time for that. No, he, he spends the issue uh, treating John like a therapist for for, for Ultraman uh, for, who... for some very vi- like yeah. like some like pulled out of his ass reason. He's like, ah, you know, Superman found himself when he was sent to Earth, and maybe you'll find yourself too. Which I'm like, oh, is he going to try and turn John to his side? Is he going to try and make him evil? Does he want a son? <laughs> nah, he just wants someone to listen to his problems. Yeah, what was I? I actually kind of like that because it was giving something to a character that largely has just been used as like evil Superman. He hits yeah. shit. And he's evil. He's actually given him something to do. It made him a um, little deeper. Yeah, but as well, like that 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 conversation he's having made me think. Oh, is this all like a like a test from Jor El? Because he was echoing mm. stuff that Jor El was saying about finding himself mm. in like finding out about him about john and everything so is this all just a big test <laughs> well geez i hope so matt because if not you just wrote a more interesting story yeah yeah that happens very often on this show mm. also there's a thing i forgot because you know he runs into ultraman who he makes a point of saying oh you look like my dad and then he runs into superwoman well i'm like oh yeah that's right in the crime syndicate universe superwoman is both lois lane and wonder woman at the same time Lois Lane, Wonder Woman, Superwoman, yeah, they're, they're the same character, basically. Yeah, yeah, ain't that confusing that there are three, but they're also one and the same? Mm, yeah, yeah, I, I think that confused a lot of people in my in my commentary that have only, like, seen the movie or, like, read Forever Evil. I'm like, no, they're, like, the same people. They, they don't go, they never went into it deep in Forever Evil, but it's this idea of being like, yeah, you know, it's, it's not just, like, morality swapped Diana, it's like, you know, Lois was also... Uh, morality swapped, but she's also an Amazon in this world to deal with it. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's it's very strange. <laughs> it is, and this issue was strange. Mm. I I kind of get what Bendis is doing. He's like, look, I made John Kent a new character. Let's spend some time to get to know this new character that I invented, named John Kent Superboy. And it's like, okay, okay, I don't, I, I don't think you're really putting him over, but all right, I'll, I'll take this ride. I'll, yeah. I'll try and get to know him. Well, as I've said and have tried to explain to people who are a bit more passionate about this, uh, he, he's doing something with a character that has largely stagnated since his, in, since his introduction in, uh, in Rebirth. Mm. Since like he hasn't had really much character development like super sons was the last time that happened adventures of the super sons isn't doing anything with him character wise which i guess they can't but yeah he's he's running in place in super sons because that's yeah. kind of what that series is even though i like it more than superman yeah so at least bendis is doing something with that character and not just you know doing the same thing over and over again i, I see he still needs to learn how to write like a fucking human be- being though that'd be nice yeah, which is uh, weird. I keep saying this book is just the dialogue in it is just so weird. We had another, uh, we had um, Young Justice the week before, yeah, and that was written written competently. Yeah, Naomi is written competently. Yeah. Action Comics is written competently. Well, like, I, in Naomi, he has David F. Walker helping him out. That's true, but like, at least people talk like people. 
And with uh, with Leviathan in Action Comics, which is currently my favorite thing he's writing, with that being so big and so many other writers on him, like, did, did Matt Fraction sneak in and help you out? Because, like, some of this seems fractiony, actually. <laughs> yeah, very fractiony. Is, is someone ghostwriting your Action Comics? Because, again, if you're getting paid $30,000 per issue, you might be able to hire a ghostwriter <laughs> to help you with some of this stuff. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying, wouldn't that be fucked up to find out later? It's like, oh yeah, someone else was writing action comics. We just put his name on it. It's like that. I would be like, that makes sense. Mm-hmm. But man, action comics is getting pretty good, isn't it? <laughs> it is. It, it really is, though. <laughs> I'm actually excited for Leviathan and where that was going to go. This Superman book, eh, not so much. It's yeah, it's very strange. I, I know, like coming up, there is a big like crossover between this and Supergirl happening. Oh really? Uh, which which apparently wraps up the whole Rogel's R stuff. So oh, goody. That could be interesting. Oh, goody. The character who we introduced learned nothing about in Superman. <laughs> it's nice to know Rogel's R will return. We will see more of Rogel's R, Matt. Don't, don't you worry. Everyone's favorite <laughs> character. The breakout character of 2018. <laughs> yes, uh, Roger Zerg. Yeah, ro- ro- good old Roger Zerg. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's gotta be the new joke every time we say uh roman lazar we just have to fuck up his name every time <laughs> yeah but uh yeah that was superman uh we had avengers this week too we had more uh no road home we did and it's still really cool it is and moving at a great pace too we're at the halfway point now at five issues and i'm like man what are they gonna do to keep this interesting five issues in oh yeah what if conan shows up yeah, yeah. What if Conan shows up? What if what if the Hulk kills Hypnos? What if, what if Nyx like kills Vision and Seemingly. Hercules? <laughs> there's there's a great joke in here in the first five minutes that is so brilliant. I'm shocked no one has done this before. It's Nyx. She's gotten the shard of night. She's like, ah, yes, the thing that will allow me to get back my powers. I don't know what to do with this crystal. Do I break it? Do I eat it? What What do I do here? And I'm like, yeah, why does every villain automatically always know what to do with the yeah. artifact when they get it? I like Nyx admitting, I have no idea what to do here. And, and, and that makes like her whole plan really funny as well. It's like, I have to get these shards. But I have no idea what to do with them. <laughs> uh, I didn't. I didn't plan in the middle here, guys. I'm like the underpants gnome. Step one, shard. Step two, question mark. Step three, profit. <laughs> yeah, it was funny too to see Hypnos, who they get built up as being like, oh yeah, he's the heavy hitter of Nick's yeah. children. Look at his cool armor. Look how tough and awesome he is. He spends the whole issue running from the Hulk. <laughs> Don't hurt me, Hulk. And then Hulk snap. <laughs> I, I like that too, but also I'm kind of sad because they did build him up like that. I'm like, oh, he's going to get this awesome fight where he like single-handedly takes down the Hulk and like all of the the Avengers. But yeah, no, he dies. Although in seeing that, he, he was technically in a dream when he died. That's true. He might not be dead. Also, hey, you know, if we want to talk about it, uh, Nyx has magic powers. Her other sons have magic powers. Hypnos had no magic powers. He was already the weakest of the children. <laughs> yeah, well, I think he could make people sleep like right he turned them into his sleepers like he did with kate bishop oh that was a fun scene too to see clint barton go full like you know doting father who are you asleep it's past noon were you out all last night <laughs> you gotta start taking care of yourself when are you gonna grow up and be an adult says eternal man child hawkeye <laughs> that's great i love that i, I like they worked that in because i know uh thompson who writes this also writes that new avengers book so that felt like really rewarding if you're reading her like new avengers 
mm-hmm, mm-hmm. or East Coast Avengers. Sorry. Yeah. But yeah, that's this. This was a good one, and now it's like, holy crap, Conan's here! How is this going to change things? Yeah, that that was really cool. I wonder if like Voyager deliberately sent Wanda there. That's true. I I like too in the little uh, in the little backup there. Uh, Jim Zub wrote about how important it was for him as a fan of fantasy and Dungeons and Dragons and Robert E. Howard to get to write Conan here because he's like, oh, you know, he's the original antihero. If it weren't for Conan, you would have no Wolverine, no Deadpool, no Punisher. <laughs> Yeah, it, it's really true. I really want to read, like, I read the first two issues of um, his book mm. uh, and uh, the other Conan book as well. And I really, 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 really want to review them because they're really good. But, like, are yeah, people going to be interested? So, well, people were interested because I reviewed the first issue. But um, I just don't have, like, the tie with all these other books out. Yeah. I, I wanted to cover it too because I know Jason Aaron's writing the main Conan. And I'm like, I'm sure yeah, that's yeah, great. That really good. It is. And, and from what I understood, he's doing the same thing he did for Thor when it started, where it's like, here's a bunch of stories from Conan at different points in his life. Yeah, yeah. The, like, the first issue deals with, like, the death of Conan. Oh, wow. Right off the bat, we're not fucking around. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's cool. I'll have to pick that up. I, I gotta pick that up, and when Punisher finishes this newest run, I'm gonna go and I'm gonna do a big, like, the story so far. Punisher's been so good lately. I I was gonna read it this week. I, I got the last issue. I skimmed through it. I'm like, all right, is this story arc over? Oh, no, wait. There's gonna be at least one more. All right, I'll wait till this arc is over and then read the whole thing. <laughs> Yeah, because <laughs> I love Rosenberg and I love the Punisher, but again, like we said, there's just there's just too much stuff now. You can't get to all of it. No, yeah, no. Uh, speaking though of Punishers, uh, the Grim Knight from the Batman Who Laughs had a special one shot this week. He did, and it was pretty good. It was. You know, we say one shot, but this literally picks up where uh, Batman Who Laughs left off. Yeah, this is required reading. This is absolutely required reading. What's great about this issue, too, is they sell it as like, ooh, learn the dark history of the Grim Knight. And like, well, we already kind of know his history. He basically kind of laid it out for us, and so did the Batman Who Laughs. What's what's this book going to be about? Uh, Gordon, actually. It's going to be all about Gordon. Yeah, Yeah, he, he, he... He was essentially the, the the Grim Knight's Joker. Yes, he was his arch nemesis, the one person dedicated to bringing him down, but not just bringing him down, doing so by the book to prove that law and order is still valid and still yeah. has a place in the world of this psycho Batman's police state. In such a that's such a Jim Gordon thing. Very much so. You can tell Snyder absolutely loves Gordon and I got real flashbacks reading this of like mech suit Batman, which I think I enjoyed more than most people did. Yeah, that was a, that was a good good part of DCU. It was. People might not like, but those Detective Comic stories were great when they basically just became Gotham Central. And again, Snyder hits upon this idea where he's like, dudes, next to Batman, Gordon loves Gotham more than anyone else and is willing to protect it harder than anyone else. Yeah, yeah, I I, I enjoyed. Uh, seeing what made that Gordon into who he is and how he never, like, faulted at all. It, like, when he easily could have. Like, yeah. like there's that part where he, like, goes to uh, Mayor Harvey Dent and um, Rupert Thorne, and they say, like, why don't you just sneak in and just, just kill him? And he's like, no, we've got to do this by the book. Because that, that's, like, stooping to his level. Yeah. You know, it's not a real win if we cheat to do it. Yeah, yeah. Which is which is really cool, and it's it's nice to see a character who believes so heavily in the word of law in a book yeah. like Batman, who's all about like, nah, cops are stupid. Mm. 
Let's let's do it our way. And also the fact, too, that the Grim Knight is so shocked that Gordon's like, no, man, I got a judge and everything. I got a search warrant. I'm taking you down. I'm arresting you. He's like, what? And Gordon's actually able to, like, beat him in a fist fight because he's so surprised. Yeah, yeah. I, I thought that was that was pretty cool. Like, they yeah took down Bruce Wayne. Who like they didn't take down Batman? They took down the Bruce Wayne, which in turn took down Batman. Which is really nice, and it's like this moment of I beat you, and this like broke Grim Knight's mind even harder. It was like, well, holy shit! If a dude with no powers and no costume can beat me, I have no choice but to throw in with the Batman who laughs and you know try and start <laughs> again on another Earth. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. His whole point is he's he is trying to do this again on this earth but he doesn't think jim is up for it he doesn't think jim is like his jim no it's like if i i need to show you that things can get so bad and so horrible once the batman who laughs completes his plan that that will prove to you that my zero tolerance broken window policing uh you know is the only way to go yeah yeah and 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 we find out that that's not really what was happening with batman who laughs because batman who laughs like stops him from killing gordon yeah uh, but and we find out that that like grim knight killing gordon would have been a mercy yeah for whatever because they of, all of all the horrible all the horrible shit he has planned for him word uh yeah but that that was a solid one it's funny to have a spin-off to a spin-off but it was enjoyable <laughs> it was it was it was really cool Yo, dog! I heard you like Batman spinoff, so I put a spinoff in your spinoff, so you can spin off while you spin off. <laughs> I, I wonder if this is going to lead to like an ongoing. People really seem to like the Grim Knight, and it, it again. I mentioned this before when the Grim Knight showed up. It should be stupid. It should be edgy, and it should be like unpalatable. Where it's like, dude, what if, what if the Batman was the Punisher? And it should be really dumb, but Snyder's such a good writer, and like the world they build is so interesting. Where it's like, no, nah, I'd read more about this guy. That's the thing, like, the little bits we got of on, like, his world, uh, where we learned, like, we saw, like, that really cool create recreation of the year one yeah, uh, the dinner party where he just, like, killed everyone. Um, and then we find out that, like, he never actually fought any costume individuals because yeah. he killed them before they had a chance to become the Joker or the Penguin or anything. Which is like, amazing. Like, that's all super interesting. And the, the scene that does it for me, that's such beautiful visual poetry, again... It's the bit from year one, which, man, they are referencing year one a ton (laughs) in DC now. I guess it's like, okay, fuck it. I guess this is just canon again now where he's sitting there in the chair and it's like, you know, father, you know what? What should I become to war on crime? And the bat flies through the window. But because this Batman's a violent son of a bitch, he shoots the bat as it comes flying through the window. It's like, ah, yes, I will become a bat. I would have liked if you went, yes, father, I'll become a gun. I will be- he basically <laughs> is a gun. <laughs> and he turns into gunman. Gunman. Gunman and his sidekick pistol. <laughs> See, that's what I want to know. In a world where there was no costumed villains, where Batman killed all the criminals, what became of Robin? What became of Dick? Yeah, well, oh, that, I, I would really like if he, like like became like a police officer or something yeah again because it's like hey because dick kind of was a cop in another continuity or maybe he stayed a carny maybe it's the grayson circus now or something Mm. yeah yeah wouldn't that be there's a lot of interesting ways you could go with that what what would happen with jason we know his father was just fucking getting murdered by batman that's stealing my tires that's oh my god that's the thing are you fucking stealing my tires how young is two young (laughs) 
I'm a dome, you son. He's just pistol whipping little Jason. <laughs> Don't steal tires. And uh, Barbara Gordon's just walking around like, man, it's great to have legs that work. <laughs> she becomes a gymnast. <laughs> I'm trying to think what's like the most leg heavy career. <laughs> and Tim is like, man, it's it's good having uh, what is it? Two parents who are alive and not worshiping Batman because Batman is horrible <laughs> in this universe. <laughs> I'm a worship Superman. I'm going to move to Metropolis and try and be like Superman. <laughs> <laughs> although what's the superman in this world like what is the superman again if this is part of the dark universe where everything is like all messed up anyway exactly what is what is superman like <laughs> so, superman is that bright burn kid oh god <laughs> and that's the twist this was all in the james gunn universe all along <laughs> man did you see that trailer for bright burn that looks cool it does look cool I don't know why they're re-releasing Man of Steel again, though. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? Hey, didn't we see this movie? <laughs> uh, but yeah, uh, what else did we have this week, Matt? What else did you want to talk about? Uh, I had the Flash issue sixty-six. Oh yeah, this uh, this thing's chugging along. It was announced in the solicitations this week. We're actually going to be getting the big year one story soon enough. Yes, uh, I think. Not long after this issue, we're getting it. Um, this issue, however, was like we just had the price big storyline. So this issue was kind of like a, I wouldn't say a filler because it's it's building off stuff that we've seen uh, in previous issues, and it was a sort of retelling of the Trickster's origins. Yeah, I saw the Trickster yeah. on the cover when I picked up books this week. Yeah, yeah, and this isn't that edgy kid Trickster that the New Fifty Two kind of tried was pushing, to do. Yeah. Or anything this is james jesse oh the original um, the, the mark hamill yeah. one yeah yeah uh, who uh all through joshua williamson's run has been like teased at and like what, what's he up to he's doing something and this issue kind of like tells you what he's been up to and it gives you a background of his origin as a carny uh <laughs> uh he was an acrobat in the flying jesse's <laughs> yeah funny like the flying grayson's yeah, yeah, and um, all through the issue, we're given the, the story that his parents are like abusive shit sacks who just like pressured him into doing this and of doing it in front of like yelling at him in front of people and everything. And we learned that like after that, he left the the, the carny business and got into the criminal <laughs> underworld of Central City. That, and that's funny. Most people most people run away from the circus, or most people run away to the circus. He ran away from the circus. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and he became a criminal and used the skills that he had developed in the circus to become the trickster nice. and for a while it sort of started working and everything but then like his act became stale because the flash was able to stop him before he even had a chance to do anything <laughs> um so he came up with a brilliant plan which was he was going to get himself arrested so he could think of a new new act <laughs> while he was in prison and then he would break out and everything the only thing wrong with that is he got sent to the new then new prison iron heights ah, so he's like the first guy through the halls of that place yeah and under warden wolf warden wolf like ran the prison like fucking guantanamo bay who we of course um, know is a super villain unto himself yeah, and he kept him in, like, a dark cell, gave him regular beatings. Mm -hmm. He tried to escape the prison all the time, but it never worked. Um, and while this is going on, we learned that his family wasn't actually all that abusive. Like, it was all... That was the act. Mm. Like, his family would be abusive to him in front of the audience. So right. the audience thought, like, he was just some kid they sent up the ladder. Right, right. Uh, and th and because of that, it would get get give them, like, tons of money. And that was, like his parents like 
imparting wisdom onto him. You have to deceive people in it's order to succeed. It's all part of the show. Yeah, yeah. And um, his parents still didn't care for him because he got injured and all they cared about was the money. Mm. So, um, so, again, classic Carnage. Hey, it's all a work-ski, brother. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, yeah, he ends up coming up with, like, a brilliant plan and he ends up escaping the prison. No one knows where he went. And he ends up back in... Uh, Central City and uh, he becomes wealthy like he steals a bunch of money and he's mm. going to use it to perform the biggest trick that Central City and The Flash will never forget ooh again that, that's some very Joker-esque shit there you know what's my last laugh what's my biggest joke of all yeah yeah really interesting he's doing some really cool stuff with these villains and he's done it like with heat wave yeah uh, he did it with like the original trickster made that uh he did it with james jesse and he did it with the new 52 trickster that was around um and yeah he's just been doing all these like little stories with the villains and make him making them more than just like some masked criminal uh, have we seen captain boomerang yet has he used captain boomerang at all I want to say in, like, some of the early Rebirth stuff, but he hasn't been around for, like, ages. Like, we we don't even have Captain Cold. We have Commander Cold from the 31st right. century. So. Interesting. You you do a great job selling Flash, Matt. I wish I had more time to sit down and read it because it sounds like a really great run. Read Year One. Read Year One when it comes out. I think maybe I should. I think maybe I should hop on with Year One because, man, the art on Year One looks great, doesn't it? Howard Porter art is amazing. Man, so pretty. Like, those covers are so great. And him with his shoes all burnt out and everything in his early costume. He's just wearing a red shirt and, like, glasses with little fins on them. Yeah, it looks really cool. And Flash has never had a year one before, so it's kind of special. Yeah. It's kind of, like, overdue as well. Yeah, very much so. Uh, What did I have this week? Uh, Ooh, I had Amazing Spider-Man issue number 17, the beginning of Hunted. I read this one. I actually caught up on it on Spider-Man. What? Uh, I hope you love references to the original Craven's Last Hunt because boy, <laughs> do they come fast and furious in this story. <laughs> do you remember Craven's Last Hunt? You remember? remember? I, sh- I sure do. It was a great story, and Nick Spencer's like, I agree. It is a great story, <laughs> isn't it? It's so great that even Craven's like, man, my original death was so dope and so awesome. Why was I cheated this awesome death? <laughs> Why do forces, aka other writers, keep trying to bring me back? <laughs> and it's great because it's like Craven had this whole other plan, you know, involving trophy hunters and trying to get rich off them and hoping they kill each <laughs> other so he can get all his land in Africa back. And then Black Cat showed up and he's like, ooh, ooh, Spider-Man loves you. And I bet if I keep you captive, he's going to come and try and get you. And the old, you know, the, the, the old uh, story says that only the spider can kill me. So, man, I really hope Spider-Man can kill me. <laughs> <laughs> Which, I love that that wasn't his original plan, but that plan just kind of fell in his lap. And he's like, oh, yeah, yeah. we're doing this now. <laughs> yeah, this is, this is what we're doing now. Plans change. Yeah, plans change, everyone. Which, he does not tell his son, Craven Jr., about this, who gets a great no. scene of just, you know, just stomping the piss out of a poor, sick Spider-Man. <laughs> and Spider-Man being like, oh, come on, this is Craven, he's a joke. Oh, God, he's younger and stronger than Craven was in his prime. Oh, God. <laughs> and, and he gets him with the peyote mist. Oh, I'm tripping balls. <laughs> I did think it was, like, kind of, like... It wasn't really explained in the book, but, like, obviously, like, because it's referencing, like, Craven's Last mm. Hunt and everything, it, it, we see Spider-Man in, like, the symbiote suit. Yeah. And obviously that's not the symbiote suit. Nah. It's not uh, Venom. So I'm, like, wondering, like, okay, so, like, they changed him into a costume. It probably doesn't have all his gadgets. So it's, no. they're kind of giving him, like, 
a handicap there a bit. Yeah. Well, again, no one said Craven was fair. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> also, too, I'm like, wait, so you undressed him, which means Craven Jr. now knows Spider-Man's true identity. Yeah, or did they put that over his suit? Oh, <laughs> there you th- th- That's what issue 18 will have to explain. They- or no. that's, the, that's the next tie-in. That no. They explain how, how, how they undressed him. You know what they did? Seeing his identity. They took two cans of black spray paint and they just spray painted <laughs> over him like Miles in Spider-Verse. <laughs> no, no, no. We can't look at his face. That would ruin it. Although, to be fair, these guys have no freaking clue who Peter Parker is. Oh, yeah, they'll be like, Who's he? It's going to be that scene in Flash where Lex Luthor jumps in the Flash's body and, like, looks at himself in the mirror and he's like, oh, I will finally learn the Flash's identity. I don't know who this is. <laughs> and why would you? But, yeah, this one's off to a pretty cool start. It is, it is. And it, it's coming out at a really good pace as well. Very much it's so. Just like, it's, it's his own event where it's, it's quite long. It's But it's... It's coming out really quickly. It's basically its own weekly series because you get an issue, then a tie-in issue, then an issue, then a tie-in mm-hmm. issue. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, it's. Uh, I, I'm interested to see where they're going with this. This seems like an actually pretty tasteful. Uh, what is it? Uh, a, a tasteful uh, cover song to uh, the original Craven's Last Hunt. Yeah. Craven's New Hunt. Craven's Second to Last Hunt. <laughs> Craven's real last hunt, we promise it this time. <laughs> yeah, no backsies. No backsies. No takesies backsies, and you got a pinky swear on it. <laughs> That's fine. We can kill Craven. We got a backup Craven right over here. <laughs> Who we've made a point of saying he's his genetic clone in every single way. Yeah, yeah, that's true. But dress is slightly different and is better than Grim Hunter. <laughs> Remember Grim Hunter in that story, Grim Hunt, which everyone loved when it was coming out, but then everyone kind of forgot about? <laughs> that's where they killed Kane originally mm. yeah uh, what else did you have I had like two more books uh, I had Old Man Quill issue three. Oh yes you've been keeping up with this How how is Old Quill it has been going really cool uh, so uh, last, last issue uh, Peter and the Guardians killed the Wrecker crew uh, stopped them from like taking over this town and because of that when they went to the next town they are um heralded as heroes uh, star lord is heralded as this legendary like hero now mm. um which i guess is pretty good for like he needs to save earth so he's on the right path right um and he ends up going into a bar and getting drunk with the the people and Naturally. the bar is the bar is josie's bar ah um, funny and they've the town love him because they want him to deal with their problem which is a biker gang called the ghost riders <laughs> that's fun and it's cool they're they're cool they're all these biker gangs they've got like the skull makeup on their face and everything um and they're like dooms uh enforcers in this region who like send dooms message out to people uh whether they want it or not mm. um i'm guessing so, it's not yeah yeah it's definitely not so Peter has to take them all down. He takes them all down and leaves one alive to like send out his message, mm. uh, which is probably a bad idea because later on that night when they're like camping out, uh, they get taken by like this huge biker gang, like thousands of them. <laughs> um, they end up getting captured and they don't kill them because there's a live bounty on, on his head for some reason. Right. And we're not sure why. And we find out why because he gets taken to... Uh, a city which is under Taskmaster's rule. Oh, nice. And um, he meets up with other captured heroes, including Ashley Barton. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they're taken out to, into, like, 
it's like a, a baseball stadium that's been turned into like roman coliseum <laughs> sort of thing classic um, road warrior shit yeah and they learned that like since they did they and ashley and all these other heroes didn't bend the knee to taskmaster when he told them to they have to fight fing fang foom oh cool yeah it's a really cool book and while all this is going down the universal truth is still hunting him um and we get a little bit of bit of that throughout the comic of like gladiator coming to earth and just like sending out his team which i'm not sure who the team members are but one of them's one of them's manta and one of them looks like storm oh yeah i'm not sure whether it is storm or whether it's just someone who's like looks vaguely looks like her um but yeah that that, that's going to be very interesting to see what uh we're going to get at the end of this series right on yeah it's it's a damn good book and i'm loving that it's building off of like the old man logan old man hawkeye like world it's become like a world unto itself now hasn't it like we thought it was just very small turns out it's bigger than you thought yeah i love all like the little things like the ghost riders or like taskmaster being like a gladiatorial leader of this town or mm. something the uh it's cool the tyrannosaurus rex that has uh, the symbiote in it yeah yeah which also shows up yeah uh oh i had justice league dark this week Ooh, what's that been like uh fun again last issue we met the lords of uh order the other doctor <laughs> fates basically yeah, they all have each a an item like gloves and chest plates and mm. capes and stuff, don't they? Yeah, yeah, which makes a lot of sense. I'm like, yeah, okay, that's fair. If it's got a helmet, then yeah, there's probably other items. And I just thought that they were going to be beings on their own, but they're like, no, they actually have their own magical host. So if you wondered where Extrano and Madame Xanadu and a bunch of other magical characters went, uh, that's where. Oh, wow, cool. Yeah, so basically everyone that Tynan didn't have a plan for or couldn't write, they'd become a Lord of Order. Oh, that's interesting. I'm wondering, like, like so Madame Xanadu's one, which is kind of strange, since she's in the Hawkman book at the moment as, like, mm. Hawkman's, like, like go-to magician. Right. Well, she's a Lord of Order now. <laughs> we we don't know when she got grabbed or when this book takes place, but, yeah, she's a, she's a Lord of Order now. There's a great scene of uh, Jason Blood Etrigan being like, I'm not afraid of you, Lords of Order. I've walked the earth for over a thousand mortal years, and I have, you know, a devil inside me. Bring it. And he transforms, and the Lords of Order are just, like, looking at him like, really, dude? Really? This is this is where you're going with this? You, you studied under Merlin? Uh, yeah, we taught Merlin. You read every magical text? Uh, guess who wrote the magical text? <laughs> to which they're like, and you know what else we can do? Uh, you, your demon, we're, uh, we're divorcing oh, you. No. And we're sending Etrigan back to hell, so you're just a dude now. I... I was always under the impression that would kill Jason. I was under that impression, too, that it was like a big Merlin punishment. But the Lords of Order showing their place in the pecking order that they can do whatever they want. <laughs> and at this point, the heroes are like, well, we're totally bone now. Our, our only heaviest hitters are a chimp with a sword and blue devil. <laughs> so we, we got nothing going on. But uh, the B-plot is, uh, what is it, Wonder Woman and Zatanna, they try and find Cersei again. The idea being that it's like, well, if we're fighting the Lords of Order, we have to become Lords of Chaos. Ooh. That's the only way we'll have power. And hey, if you read the DC solicitations for June, you see a cover where, yes, indeed, they become Lords of Chaos, and they all have their own, like, devil trigger form. Oh, that's cool. I'm wondering, like, I'm wondering... Because they've introduced these other like parts of like the 
or or to like mm. gauntlets and like are we going to get a scene with like Dr. Fate wielding all of them. Maybe it'll be Khalid. Maybe Khalid will uh, hold yeah. all the parts. Because he's here yeah. and he's still showing up and he's uh, still being a character. I like someone rescued him from obscurity. Yeah, he was a, his Dr. Fate series in DCU was actually pretty good. They, did, they didn't give much of a chance to him, much like they didn't give much of a chance to anything in DCU. Well, for good reason. It was yeah. all kind of terrible the majority that were good the majority of it was forgettable but hey i'll never forget prez we had prez (laughs) is what we had uh i had one more book too what was that uh that was the magnificent miss marvel from solid in amid oh nice how's that going uh pretty good so far it is it's a real first issue it's a real jumping on point so much to the point that kamala actually stops and gives her origin story again (laughs) <laughs> that's cool because because all of her friends knew she was miss marvel because she told them but they had no idea how it happened so she had to actually sit them down and be like all right so this mist hit me right <laughs> and i wake up and i'm the best inhuman ever and all the other inhumans are gone <laughs> i'm the one that remained <laughs> man that happened and that hasn't even reached kamal in the book yet that all the other inhumans are dead or missing or some shit oh no <laughs> that just went completely over her head although they do tease that she might actually be going to space pretty soon Ooh, interesting for the first time because there's like another well no technically she went to space in avengers but uh, yeah there, there's another alien invasion in jersey city which happens all the goddamn time it's basically a running <laughs> joke now that aliens keep invading new jersey <laughs> why would and, you want to go to new jersey why new jersey it's like the the empire states right over there sure they have the best diners in the world here in new jersey but come on <laughs> <laughs> but uh yeah this this couldn't come at a worse time because uh obviously like in the last annual uh kamala's mom let it be known oh yeah i know you're miss marvel i figured it out and she's like, cool, can you not tell dad? And she's like, all right. So she proceeded to not tell dad until this first new issue. And she's like, well, I had no choice. I had to tell your father. <laughs> and he's not happy about it, but like unhappy in like a realistic parent way. He's not like, yeah. you know, oh, well, you're under my roof. You will not be a superhero. He's more like being a superhero is really fucking dangerous. Do you know how many people <laughs> die being superheroes? And I'm like, <laughs> Kamala died in Champions number three, and Miles had to wish her back with the help of Mephisto, so it's already happened. Yeah. <laughs> she already has one death under her belt, and she doesn't know, and her dad doesn't know. And he's like, look, you know, you know, maybe when you're older, maybe when you're done school, you know, you can go back and be a hero or whatever, but I just, I just wouldn't be a good parent if I let you do this yeah no <laughs> and it's like man you know that's he's he's making solid points and you're like if main universe aunt may had figured out what peter parker was doing because she's a nice sensible lady would she have let him keep doing it <laughs> i mean heck he basically lied to aunt may for the longest time as did most teen heroes and it seems that this is a new thing moving forward you know hey honesty <laughs> And this leads to a fight, and eventually, you know, something happens with her parents, and she might need to go to space. Oh, no. <laughs> but, yeah, it's, it's a pretty solid start, and unlike Solid in a Mid when he was writing Miles, where I feel like he very much overhauled the way Miles spoke and how his internal monologue sounded, here Kamala seems pretty much untouched. Cool. Yeah. Cool. I, I liked it. I'm definitely going to stick with this one. Awesome. And, uh, yeah, that's basically it for me for this week. Cool. Uh, I had uh, Supergirl issue twenty-eight. Oh yes. What what did we learn here? Uh, we learned uh, 
kind of a little bit. We kind of had like a like a brief break in the uh, in the Rogozar story while Supergirl helped the Omega Men fight Harry Hogan, which continued right. and kind of finished in this issue with her fighting uh, Kryptonian clones of herself. Uh, all that like kind of dies straight away because they're not cellularly integrity like their cellular integrity isn't as good as hokum wanted yeah clones um, you get what you pay for yeah yeah so their battle ends um i can't remember what i talked about last issue because last issue in uh reintroduced uh Ryanda, which is starfire's brother mm, no you didn't mention this uh yeah he's he hasn't been in a comic for like decades um, no hey, good. happy to see him again so yeah he's he's in this and there's like teasers of like maybe him and Kara might be romantically involved. Oh, that's an interesting like the, pairing. Like it, it, it seems like they're setting that up, like, which would be really cool because, uh, she, he can give her solar energy whenever he, she needs it. That's right. I never even considered that. <laughs> they'd be too OP together. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, really. They'd be like, look, we gotta, we gotta break up this pairing. Cause it's not fair for the rest of us. <laughs> yeah. Their kids would be too OP. Mm. <laughs> What do you mean, um, solar the- energy and Kryptonian DNA? That's <laughs> bullshit. <laughs> but yeah, they defeat the clones, and Kara goes after Harry Hokum um, and learns that he isn't part of the Circle, but he knew that the Circle was involved in Krypton's destruction, and he blackmailed right. them. Oh. And the reason he, he got the Kryptonian tech was that he blackmailed them into giving him the strip mining rights to Krypton's, <laughs> uh, like, debris and that's where he got the the kryptonian tech from mm. um and like he tells Kara all that before being teleported away uh by this crystalline being who last issue we found out is actually the kaluan that's helping Kara's mother uh, and she's like the leader of the circle that sounds much more interesting than anything that's happening in brian michael yeah. bendis is superman yeah, the actual the actual story behind you know the story that he kind of sort of set up in that Man of Steel um, miniseries is being completely explained here, which is mind-boggling. I have no idea why. And probably not even half the people who read that original Man of Steel are reading this. Yeah, exactly. Which is a shame because Supergirl's never been any better. Like she's out in space fighting aliens and stuff. It's a cosmic and, book now. Yeah, that's that's what happens here. She like ends up joining with Ryander and Xander and Crypto Finder, so they've got like their little team now. Nice. Um, and we learned that Gandello, the Crystal Woman, sends out a signal to like what's called the Cult of Rogel, oh. and um, it's like this cult that lives on like the outskirts of the universe um, that all have like symbols branded into their head and everything. And she she calls for for Kara's death. Hmm. So yeah, it's, it's it's getting very interesting. And next issue apparently uh, is going to be the big reveal of who destroyed Krypton. Mm. Was so it Rogel? They seem to say yeah. it was. Yeah. Well, this issue seeks to imply that Rogel went rogue from the Circle and did it himself. Yeah, yeah. Because he has some weird, deep-seated hatred for Kryptonians that has still gone unexplained. Well- well, he has deep-seated hatred, but he was also working with Kryptonians because he was working with Kara's father. Yeah, yeah. De- developing, like, some type of weapon or something. Apparently he was working with Jor-El, too, because he says to Superman, <laughs> I know your dad as well. Yeah, god damn it. I hope this will get... I hope Mark Andreco explains all of this, and it's, like, completely, like, not a shit show. Yeah, like, that'd be nice. Like, kind of like when Williamson did, like, Tom Taylor. He's not tired down by what Bendis is doing. Yeah, and it's like, look, I got to tell my own story and have another... Yeah. Uh, hopefully more meaningful explanation. 
Oh, it will definitely be more meaningful. Because is anyone going to care who destroyed... It doesn't matter who destroyed Krypton. It got no. destroyed. No, no. I, 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 I liked the stuff with, like, Jor-El being plucked there from Met, by Dr. Manhattan. Yeah. And all that. And then, like, it went fucking nowhere. <laughs> yeah, I know. The, it's like, who shot the Waynes? It was Joe Chill. Well, who was Joe Chill? I don't care. It doesn't matter. Yeah, it doesn't matter. <laughs> it it literally could have been anybody. You know, he's an embodiment of the random cruelty of crime. Yeah, yeah. Just as you know, why Krypton blew up doesn't really matter. Yeah, it's just an exciting, inciting incident. Yes, exactly. It's an exciting. You, you don't need to explain every bit of the inciting incident. No. And you don't need to make that part of the story because if you do, sometimes then it's like, oh, so this is like destined to happen and everything and da 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 da. Yeah. But yeah, so was that everything for this week, Matt? Was that everything you read? That is everything. Well, alrighty then. So I guess we'll start winding the show down here. Everyone, thank you so much for watching and listening. We hope you uh, enjoyed it as much as we did. As always, you can find uh, the show first over on Patreon. We usually put that up Sunday night after we're done recording. Uh, everyone else will get it Wednesday at uh, 8 a.m. on the Cape Joel YouTube channel. So be sure to subscribe there if you haven't already. Be sure to follow me on Twitter so you know when that is. And uh, the audio <laughs> version goes up Thursday on SoundCloud. And I appreciate everyone who goes there and downloads. We're actually getting very... Very good numbers on there. Yeah. So that's always nice to see. Uh, anything else to uh, to talk about there, Matt? Anything else you want? Uh, to... Not really. Not at this moment, no. No, I don't really have anything either. Uh, yeah, everyone. I guess, uh, I guess that will just about do it for us then. It will, I guess so. All right. So until another week, everyone, I've been Joel. I'm Matt. And we will see you again on another episode of the Comic Multiverse next week. Bye-bye. Bye.